You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. And I think we have a good one planned for you. Voted as Orange County Business Journal's fastest growing private company. One of them for several years, UPS Protection Incorporated, is on the front line when it comes to providing power solutions for clients nationwide. Dan Kaufman is here today to talk about and share his story and how UPS Protection is growing and maintaining their relationships with their valued clients. Dan Kaufman, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. And this is, by the way, podcast number 1,193, interview 1,507. Let's talk a little bit about UPS protection. In your mind, Dan, uh, what do you do and kind of what makes your firm unique in your space? UPS protection is all about emergency power. So we provide our clients the ability to keep working when the utility power fails. And that includes both uh, everything from uh, computer rooms and data centers to hospitals to uh, supermarkets to really anything with a with machinery that needs to stay up when the utility power has failed. And, and how do you find clients? What, what, what's do they find you? What, what's the situation there? Because it sounds like a lot of institutions need to have this emergency power backup. Right. Everybody should have it. We'd love for everyone to have it. Okay. Uh, but the way that we get get clients really is through every means possible. So we've been around for a long time. I've owned it for 14 years. Uh, we have the those easiest clients, the referrals that we get. And then we get clients sort of the old-fashioned way by uh, a lot of cold calling. We do email blasts. Uh, we attend mixers. We're part of the peer group, which really helps us uh, get get clients and meet new new companies. So really every way that we can touch uh, out and reach reach clients is, you know, we'll, we'll do any of those, including, in fact, my one of my sales guys today is walking door to door and, and laying out old-fashioned flyers. Come on, really? Sometimes that's one of the things that just catches someone's eyes. And I think between, we, we really try to make sure that we that we reach someone every way possible. So we'll call, we'll email, we'll drop a flyer off. We'll do every way to just try and catch them. We know that there's a thousand other people trying to get their attention. Right. And we're just trying to, to get one of those little cracks to open. So we're talking with Dan Kaufman. His company is UPS Protection Incorporated. You mentioned a number of different places where you have your systems installed. Is Can you describe the niche that UPS Protection serves? Are there specific niches that you have found very valuable for your company? It's really the good news, bad news of my of, of my service is that there's not necessarily a niche. It's it's used everywhere. We've been successful in schools and hospitals and uh, data centers, of course, are the most common. Almost any mid-sized business of, say, more than 100 employees is a pen- potential uh, customer. One that we've done quite a few of lately and really are one of our most successful, well, let me rephrase that, our most successful client uh, is in the grocery store business. So uh, we're just finishing a job that's about a million and a half dollar job where we've installed, we've purchased, installed uh, systems in 45 different grocery stores. Hmm. Um, So a big deal for us and, and just a market that uh, you wouldn't normally think of as an emergency power at that level. Right. And um, 
So people probably, you know, CEOs and business owners are listening to this. For the smaller entrepreneurs, maybe who have a home office or a small office, they may have gone to Staples and bought a UPS, right, and, and are running right. it. Um, but you're, you're really servicing the, you said, 100 employees or these retail outlets that have a lot of demands on their electrical system. They really have to have kind of all fail-safe, really, that constantly working, right? Right. It's, it's interesting. In the grocery stores, it's all the, the check registers and the scales are what they need to prevent from mm. going down. Because normally a grocery store has a generator, so that will provide power as soon as the utility power goes out. But for the about eight seconds, it is providing nothing while the generator starts up. So the UPS bridges that gap between the two and makes it so they don't have to reset any of those cash registers or any of the systems that, that are required, including their networking equipment that's in a, in a storage closet somewhere that mm -hmm. also stays up as a part of it. Um, but it's really just uh, anybody who's got equipment, even machine shops we do, uh, a lot of surgery centers we do, anyone who's got equipment that needs to stay up uh, during a power outage. Dan, this, this seems like the kind of thing that sometimes some clients might buy it and forget it. You know what I mean? They bought one, I don't know, 10 years ago. They haven't maybe needed it very often, and when they did, it worked, and they don't even... Uh, think about it. Have you encountered people when you go into their back room where their UPS is, you go, oh my God, you're, you know, you thought you were secure, but this thing is probably on its last leg. Right, absolutely. And and sometimes those are the calls we really like because we can service those quickly, we can take care of their problem, and then we can get them in a service contract where we take a look at that system every year and maybe even uh, give them a contract that covers all parts and labor so they know exactly what to budget for every year. Um, but we also do, there's a, a similar piece of equipment called a lighting inverter that's really just like it. It's a, it. It is also a power backup system. And lighting inverters are installed in buildings and apartment complexes, and they back up the emergency power, uh, the emergency lights. And whenever you talk about someone just not paying attention to it, it's those pieces of equipment <laughs> because they're at the bottom of the building. No one ever goes there. Uh -huh. They get installed and they fail 10 years later. And that's usually when we get called. So we love to get ahead of that and make sure that we're maintaining it and looking at it. But that certainly is a is a, a, a market that we'd love to go after because it's not serviced as well as it could be. So so that's one of our big focuses right now is to get a lot of that business. So, so that sounds like a similar product in a different application that has a different n name to it and maybe a different view on who the buyer would be for that application. Right, that's exactly right. It's, it, it, is a, it is exactly the same as a UPS would be, an uninterruptible power supply is what UPS stands for. Uh, UPSs are the ones that are inside buildings and nice and clean and cool, and a lighting inverter is one that's in a sort of like the facilities part of a building, and it's not cooled and it's not clean, uh, but it does exactly the same thing. When the utility power fails, it provides power to the lighting or whatever other emergency exit uh, equipment you need, like the magnets that hold the doors open. That is almost a more mission critical, no disrespect intended to UPS, but from <laughs> a safety perspective, that feels like that's even more mission critical. It is, and that's why it's it's interesting that it's a market that is uh, really the clients, a lot of clients don't pay attention to it till they have to, till the fire department comes by and gives them a ticket, and then we get called. So, so it is one where we can go into just about 
I don't know, 40% of the buildings we go into haven't been touched, and we really, we can really provide a service at a reasonable cost that'll keep them out of trouble and keep their power up and 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 really do the right thing for the customer. So um, it's a it's a great market for us. Great. So we were talking with Dan Kaufman, UPS Protection, and we're, we're talking about kind of the niches that he serves into. So uh, kind of an optional question I like to ask if. I don't know if if you can think about a time in your vast and successful career where maybe you failed at something. I know that's hard to imagine, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Dan Coffin might have failed at anything, but maybe you did. And could you share maybe the circumstances of this event and with our audience, what lesson did you learn from that experience? It's interesting because at the beginning, I, I bought this company 14 years ago and I didn't know anything about about backup power or uh, I'm an engineer, I'm a technical person, but I didn't know this business. So at the at the very beginning, the mistakes were all, they were honest ones where I just didn't know. So I would I would quote a product, but then I'd have to go look at it to make sure that it was the right one and I, have to, I would have to change uh, the product that I quoted. So, I, so you don't look that good in front of the customer, but I think they appreciate the honesty. And and at that time I was I was so green that there was nothing but honesty in in solving their problems. So there's there's no specific ones, maybe because there's too many. Right. Uh, but that was the the gist I think of the of what I love about being an entrepreneur is I'll jump into anything. Uh huh. And then I'll learn it afterwards if I if I if I need to. But I'll I'll jump in just. To, to solve someone's problems right away, and sometimes I have to step back and really learn it before I can solve it. So uh, you said something I like to uh, kind of unpack that a little bit. What is it about this business that 15 years ago, when you started looking for a business to buy, caught your eye? It, it was uh, it was a lot of things. It was the of course it was the right price, but really the the part that was intriguing about it is it's a business that is uh, on the entry level isn't that technical. But on the very high level, is very technical, and is it was way beyond my scope. So for me, it's I want to be always learning. I want to be interested in what I'm doing, and and I could see from the very beginning that it was a business that had so much breadth that you could keep learning and learning and learning. And 14 years in, I'm learning and learning and learning. So it's really doing what I expected it to do. Do you recall how many other businesses you might have considered before you made the decision on this one? About seven that I really looked at. So I went through a broker and and signed NDAs and visited the businesses. And it, it's interesting to, to I, I, it makes me think about why I really loved this business. Besides the technical part, uh, the previous owner was just as honest and as open as could be. And what I learned when going through those other businesses, this is the sixth and the last one I looked mm. at. Uh, when I looked at the other ones. They just weren't honest. They they would say one thing, and then when you really looked at their taxes, it was another. And there were just cracks in all the things that they said. Where this person was just so open and honest, and you could tell. I could tell that I could do it, and I could tell that he was a person who I would I would like to model. So, did you keep the name? Was this the name of the organ? No, this was, it was Donovan Distribution. Was the name okay. of the company that I bought, and he actually had a website named UPS Protection that he wasn't using, and that's such a good name that I changed it to UPS Protection. And then uh, three years ago, now I bought a company called Automated Power, and will eventually change everything to Automated Power. Okay, because I think that's the best name. Okay, um, interesting. Has the technology and so I'm I'm always interested to have entrepreneurs on who. 
whose platform is built on technology or they're a reseller of technology because the rate of change is so fast compared to a lot of other businesses in your space in this technological area has the rate of change for the products that you've been selling and supporting is it changing almost no change at all wow. for that for that 14 years until these last uh, these last few years, we're starting to see lithium batteries, and, and lithium is a lighter battery that is way more robust than the standard batteries. Right now, it's too expensive, so we don't sell a ton of them. Um, but that'll be the change. That'll be the big change that happens. There might be a million changes deep inside these products, right? But they're not changes that that uh, to the layman that you see. They're mm-hmm. not, you know, to an engineer, I'm sure he'd be really offended that I'm not saying it's it's drastically different. Yes. But from the outside looking in, it's the same, it's the same product. So really there hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of changes in the products. How many major suppliers of the hardware are there out there that you either partner with or you choose not to partner with? Are there a lot or they're just now, has it come down to a few? There's seven. Okay. And we partner with four. Okay. Of those of those seven, but there's not really very many that that have the brand name and the recognition. I think the customers in the end, they have to be so sure about this. It's an expensive purchase, and it's got to be reliable. So they really sometimes it's customer driven which brands they'll even they're even willing to look at. Right, and um, some of them use retail, like I said, Staples. You know, you can go in there, you can find brand names. Are those the same brands? Some of which you do business with. APC is sort yes, of the one APC that everybody one knows, of. and and they have done such an incredible job of marketing from under the desk to the data center. They really have a strong brand. They don't necessarily have the best product, but they really have the strongest brand. They're the only one that is. That everyone knows. Okay. And and down on the low end, like those ones that go under your desk, we can't even compete there. It's not that that's a, a I'm, you're only paying me for my expertise in that case. The the product itself, you could buy everywhere for the same price I would sell it for. So we don't we don't play a lot in that space. The, mm-hmm. the bigger the better. I like the fact that your business not only sells new, it can it can sell used equipment that you refurbish and you can put service contracts against it i think that's a nice combination of offerings for your business cuz you know you got to have technicians and smoothing out their workload is probably having contracts and things probably helps you to even out some of their daily activities i would think right i think the the reoccurring revenue is is the game of of a lot of businesses and that certainly is one for ours and all of that contract revenue is reoccurring revenue so we really try to go after that. The other piece that we offer is installation services. So we're a C10 contractor, we're an electrical contractor, and and that allows us to turnkey a complete system. So we are sort of a one-stop shop. And some of the manufacturers use us as their installers. They'll they'll call us when they've closed a deal, but now the customer needs someone to install it, and they'll they'll call us to do the install on it. So while we'd love to do the entire thing from selling it to installing it, right. sometimes we just get the install piece, and that's great too. Right. So you have different vectors of revenue opportunities for the business. Um, I'm going to change your direction a little bit. I want to ask you to think about a strategic decision that you made where the outcome was different. can be positive. Uh, you know, my book, Killing Cats, Leads the Rats, I love to ask about unintended consequences. There are positive unintended consequences and negative ones. Um, yeah, but that outcome was different than what you or your team had it intended it to be. Do you have an unintended consequence? Uh, yes, and both good and bad. Uh, so I'll, I'll hit on the good first. We, we 
uh, got a, a contractor's license, a C10 contractor's license, um, mainly because it was just something we had to get, even for jobs that weren't necessarily electrical related. Some cities just said you can't do it if you don't have the C10 license. So I went and got the C10 license, and right after that, we got one of the most profitable jobs we've ever gotten, which had nothing to do with electrical whatsoever. It was installing uh, racks, uh, 500 racks into wow. a data center and anchoring into concrete and really manual labor work. Nothing electrical whatsoever. But we got that because we got the C10, uh, the C10 license. So that was a positive. Yes. Uh, the, the negative part of that or the unintended consequence of a C10 that I guess I, I didn't know enough to know, as soon as I got that, my insurance you know, doubled, even <laughs> though we weren't doing the work. So Your it's just a huh? part of the business of, of being an electrical contractor, even though we hadn't really done much electrical yet. But it's okay, we're doing it now, so it all balances out. That feels like, to me, in your space, having that extra certification, that C10, is kind of a differentiator for you in your space. It, it is. It, it it definitely takes us to the, to the top tier of all the players, because anyone who does... You know the the best the best suppliers that anybody can have is someone that can do everything. So yes. they can just turnkey that entire solution for you, and that's what having that C10 license has done for us. Wow, that's great! Congratulations on doing that, and sorry to hear about your uh, insurance going up so much. <laughs> We're talking with Dan Kaufman. He's the president of UPS Protection. Um, you know, I'm big on peer learning, and I'm wondering if you could share with your audience uh, any experience you've had as a member of our community, the critical mass community. I, you know, we couldn't fit it all into the 20-minute radio show. So uh, it, it's been such a great experience for me. For I, I think I've been doing it, this might be in November my 10th year, I mm -hmm. think. So I'm pretty close to that. It's been a long time. I've only had my business for 14. So, and it sort of made sense. I had my business for a little while, and then I really needed somebody else to to hinge off of some other people to talk with about the experiences that I was having and my wife after five years is tired of being the only one who, who could who could listen and can't offer the same advice because she's not in the in that level of business and all of a sudden I'm in a room full of people who all have the same concerns and the same issues the same successes the same that they run businesses the same feelings in life that that I have I can share with this group of people and the longer you're in it, the closer it is, the more like a family it, it becomes. And I've just, I've really enjoyed it. And not just, so that's sort of the personal part of it. The professional part just keeps getting better and better. We have, the speakers that we have come in give us insight on all ranges of business from from law, which always scares me, to yes. the marketing, which is fun, to the, the upside and how to keep your personal life uh, strong. And those pieces are all fun and all necessary, every one of them. So those are things that you just couldn't get if you weren't part of a peer group. That's why I'm in it. There's so many, there's so much value to it. And as much as you put in, you'll get out of it. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. And it's really a pleasure to be to be a part of it. Thank you very much. Now that, as you're answering that question, it reminds me that I met you first to have you a guest on this radio That's show. Right. That's right. So yep. all those years ago, <laughs> I just started doing the radio show, and you were one of our early guests on Critical That's Mass. Right. When That's I said we did over, over 1,500, you were, you know, you were in single digits probably when we had you on the show. Okay, a couple more questions, and then we'll let you go. I really do appreciate your time. 
I like to ask the guiding principle question here on the radio show. And what I mean by that is, you know, the core philosophy that you as the president, the owner of your company, the things that you believe are important that you bring into the shape, the culture of your company. Is there a overarching kind of philosophy that you have that you bring to work every day? Yes. And I, and I think my, I'm starting to hear my employees say it to me. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's just that we just do the right thing. We, we, I take care of my employees whenever they're in, whenever they have an issue, I take care of them if I can help with that issue. Whenever my customers have an issue, we take care of it. And if, if I know that their budget is tight and they, can't, and they can't do exactly what's right, we'll figure out a way to fit it into their budget. We, we, just, do, we just do the right thing. So we and, and I have the opportunity. If I wasn't that way, I have the opportunity to completely charge somebody triple because they don't know they don't know what it is that we do. They don't know anything about power. That's why they're calling us. So we make a, a point of not overcharging, of doing the right thing, of of making them, pointing them in the right direction. It's interesting. Even sometimes when they don't listen to me, when I tell them to take the the less expensive product because it's the right one, and they don't do it, I've still I've, I'm satisfied, and I know my employees know, like, God, we could have sold them the one that was five times as much, but uh -huh. we offered them the correct one, which was only, you know, a single digit of the cost, but they took the other one, that's fine, but we did the right thing, and we always do that. Um, so, and I think that's our, that is our guiding principle. And that's great that you're starting to hear it come back from the employees. Yes. Because that's the culture then, right? Yep. So they're, when, they're probably out there when they have the opportunity to make the decisions in the field when you're not around. Hopefully that voice in their head instructs them to do the right thing. I think we, we and I think when they're, when they're in that pickle and they could do the wrong thing and get out quicker or do the right thing and it takes a little longer... I, I believe they're doing the right thing. So, yeah, I've got a good group of people. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for that. That's very powerful. Thank you. Uh, two more quick questions. All right, since I had you back, I had you on all those years ago, I'm going to have you on in the future. What's going to be the difference when you come back in three or five years to going on with your company at that point? I think we'll just be, you know, we, we're not, it's not so much that we're different now than we were then. We're just bigger and we do more of, we just do more. And I and I'm so open to to doing more of of the things that I don't know. And having this contractor license really changes the game, in the sense that all of a sudden we might be doing electrical work and and it not even being tied to UPSs. Oh wow! So I I think we can just we're the sort of the sky is the limit with how much we can grow in that respect. I I think I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to be the same as I am now, but have more recurring revenue, more service contracts. Okay. I think that's where I'd like to be in in three years is is a, a bigger picture of myself and and still I think it's really important to me to have if this part is just about about me being the owner of the company I have good balance in my life now I'd like to still have good balance three right. years from now and I'd right. like to still be able to to do fun things and run a company and you know lead a good family life so. Uh, all of those things I'd like to be a, continue to be a part of my life. Okay, so you mentioned the purchase of another company, Automated Power. Do, do, first of all, was that a good thing? Do, do, was it good for the business to make that acquisition? And do you think you might be open to further acquisitions in the future based on your experience? Yes, that, that one was, uh, it was great. It did, it did exactly what I told the bank it would do, even though they wouldn't <laughs> listen to me. It, 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 was a, it was exactly what I thought it would be. In that sense, we bought a competitor 
who did the who was in the same business but didn't do didn't have techs and trucks and a C10 license and couldn't do all the other things that help us make money. So it really just added onto our line, and then we could add it onto our customer base, and then we could take those customers and make more mm. money out of them because we could offer them more services. Um, so. Boy, that was as easy as they come. I'd love to, to figure out a way to find more of those. Was it interesting to see how that owner who sold you the company sort of structured his business? Did you learn any lessons of things that he did that you said, well, that was a good, we had to, we had to do that. You know, I didn't do it organically, but now that I see he's doing it, that's valuable. We should do it. Yes, he did. His business was interesting in that uh, he didn't have texture trucks, so he had a lot less liability. Uh, and that that's it's possible to have a business that way. You just have to have a lot more revenue because you do it all at lower margin. Uh, so you could see that as a, that's not a bad thing because you have much less risk. Um, so there, and there are parts of my business that we used to turn away and now we realize like, well, what are you doing turning away? It's, it's almost free. And even though the margin is small, it'll just keep being a reoccurring revenue. So I think that's the biggest lesson from him. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. So final question. If someone out there would like to learn more about Dan Kaufman and UPS protection, how would they find you online, my friend? Uh, boy, all over the place. So we're, <laughs> we're on LinkedIn, of course. We're, uh, we have, our website is upsprotection.com, or anyone could email me, dan at upsprotection.com. Simple, UPS protection. Just spelled just like it sounds, yep. right? Yep. Well, thank you for sharing a bit of your story, being with us here in the studio today. It's great. I was excited to have you back on the show and continued success with the business, my friend. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. All right, and I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, and our three producers without whom I could not do this show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me, let's do it on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 